This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate, so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K through 12th grade curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. If you want to bring IXL to your school, you can learn more at IXL.com backslash B-E. That's IXL.com backslash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, activity periods, RTI, therapy, and teacher appointments, and much more. With its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE. This is Dr. Karen, and this is the Are They 18 Yet podcast, where I help parents raise independent, self-sufficient kids without sacrificing their own identity and sense of purpose. I'm here to share practical day-to-day solutions and actionable advice for supporting systemic changes so we can make this world a more inclusive and accepting place now and for future generations. Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Karen, and you are listening to the Are They 18 Yet podcast, episode two. In episode one, I talked about why attention and focus are actually learnable skills, that we can actually change the way our brains work by practicing specific skills like being able to attend. It's not something that you can't change, that you're born with. Yes, we have genetic factors that influence the way that we respond to certain behaviors, but the key takeaway from episode one was that you can absolutely change the way that your brain works by doing specific things. And if you are someone who wants to work on attention, if you have someone in your life like your child and you want them to be able to focus and pay attention during the day-to-day tasks that they have to do, you can absolutely improve that. And I introduced a concept that's known as executive functioning, which are the skills that enable us to engage in goal-directed behavior. As I said before, executive functioning skills allow you to do things like self-manage, self-monitor, stay organized, be able to pick an end goal and figure out what steps to take to actually meet that end goal, 
and throughout that process, evaluate whether or not you're actually getting to that end goal. So for example, if you have someone who has strong executive functioning skills, they're going to be the ones that, for example, if they're in the middle of a homework assignment, they're checking their work, they're making sure they've answered all the questions, and they're looking back as they're doing their work and seeing, you know what, do I need to change my strategy here? And then when they're all done, they're looking back and deciding, did I do a good job? Do I need to go back and change some things? So they're always having that internal dialogue that is helping them to stay on track and monitor their own behavior so that they are making sure that they are actually meeting their goals, being productive. On the other hand, someone who has a hard time with executive functioning might appear to have a poor sense of time, make it easily distracted, may appear impulsive. Sometimes they might appear to be procrastinating or avoiding or may even show some defiance when they're asked to do things that require sustained effort. They might seem like they're dawdling and delaying or purposely not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And a lot of times it's not that they are choosing to be unmotivated or dig their heels in. It's simply because they don't have a good strategy because they haven't developed these executive functioning skills. And people who seem like they're distracted and are off track with their behaviors, who have a hard time staying attentive and focused, it's it's very common that there is an executive functioning issue in that case. And as I said in episode one, a lot of times when we're considering things like changing diet, medication, sleep hygiene, while all of those things are conversations to be had, and especially things like sleep can make a huge impact on your ability to stay focused and remain alert, if you don't have solid skills that enable you to get from point A to point B, then you might still have some issues with focus and attention because it's really easy to get distracted and off track if you're not really sure where to start, if you're not sure what steps to take. If those things are hard for you, then it's going to take a lot of mental energy to do them. And if you already are having a hard time keeping your attention on something, and then you're challenging yourself and doing a task that is difficult for you, and you don't really have a clear path, then that makes staying focused on what you're doing even more difficult. That's why in this episode, I'm going to be diving into the eight executive functioning skills so that you can have a better understanding of what they are, because the first step in helping someone to build these skills is understanding what they are. It's kind of hard to help someone with something if you aren't really sure what skills they need in order to help them be more successful. So that's my goal for this episode is to dive into those eight executive functions and to show you what they are so you can have a better understanding. Now, I mentioned this in episode one, but I wanted to mention it quickly now. Like I said, I will be explaining what these skills are, but I also have a free parent guide where I 
explain these skills as well. So I dive into the eight executive functions and red flags for when someone might be struggling with each of them. So if you want a written document that also explains what these skills are so that you can have it to really support you in understanding that as you listen to this episode, then you're going to want to go to drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash parent guide and sign up for that free guide. So when you sign up for that guide, You'll just enter your email address. You'll want to make sure to go to your inbox, confirm your email address so that you're on my mailing list, and then I can deliver that guide to you. Then you can have that document so that you can review it and have a good understanding of what those red flags are of executive functioning skills. And you'll also be added to my mailing list so that when new podcast episodes air with information like this to help you support your kids, you'll be the first to know. And you'll also be the first to know when I open the doors to my parent training program where I support parents in helping their kids build executive functions, attention, and motivation so that they can help their kids to be more independent and self-sufficient. Again, that's drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash parent guide. And you're going to want to go there and grab that guide. That's D-R, not the word doctor. So drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash parent guide. So now let's dive into the episode so you can learn what those eight executive functions are and how to identify if you have someone in your life who might need some support in building these skills. So let me start off by just listing those eight executive functioning skills. And then I'll go into a little bit about what each one is. The eight executive functioning skills are attending, working memory, strategic planning and organization, initiation, inhibition, fluency, shifting, and then self-monitoring and regulation. Like I said before, I do have a free parent guide where I outline what all of these things are, because I know this is a lot of information. So I wanted to make sure that you had a good resource where you could get some follow-up information and have an actual written document that outlines what all these skills are. And like I said before, the first step in understanding how to support your child is figuring out what these, what these eight executive functions are. So let's talk about attending first. That was the first of the eight executive functions. So that's why I started out by talking about how being able to attend is so important. You can't learn if you're not paying attention to a skill. In order to learn a skill, you have to be focused on it. So that's super important. Being able to attend is just one thing. It's just one of those skills. So yes, if you were to put your child on medication and they were able to focus a little bit better, that is the first step. But then there's other skills that you can build as well. All right, so the second one is working memory. So working memory is just being able to hold information in your head and use it immediately. So for example, when we tell someone a phone number and then they immediately dial it into the phone without writing it down, 
you have to hold those numbers in your working memory and then use them right away. Those skills are super important to being able to actually carrying out day-to-day tasks. That's why working memory is one of those eight executive functions. Being able to engage in goal-directed behavior to be able to finish a task requires you to process information that's coming in and use it right away. So working memory is the second of those eight executive functions. So we've talked about attending, working memory, and then we have strategic planning and organization. So in order to be able to actually finish a task, you've got to have a strategy for doing it. When you wake up in the morning, let's say that you have your morning routine, a lot of those things might be super automatic for you. But initially, when you created your plan, you have a strategy for getting from point A to point B. And usually when you're going through your day, you're thinking in your head and you're kind of talking to yourself about, okay, first I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. And that allows you to tackle something with a strategy. So if you want to go into the kitchen and make dinner, you have a plan of action. You have the sequence in your head of what you're actually going to do. And if you're a parent, you might have to have some intricacies in that strategy. So maybe your your strategy is that you're going to give your kids something to do while you go in the kitchen and start to make dinner. And you're going to take 20 minutes to get things together So that means that the show that you have playing for your kids has to be 20 minutes long. And you're coordinating all these things in your head. You've got a specific strategy for getting things done and actually do it in a way that's organized. If you don't have a strategy going into it, then it might be a complete disaster. So that's why strategic planning and organization is that third skill. So we've got attending, working memory, strategic planning and organization, And then the next one is initiation. Initiation is knowing how to start a task. So that is knowing what that first step is. So with strategic planning, you're thinking big picture, high level strategy. But in order for you to actually start, you have to know what the first step is. Otherwise, you're just kind of sitting there and you don't even know what to do. So this is why a lot of people who have a hard time with executive functioning skills tend to kind of procrastinate and avoid. A lot of times in kids, this comes out as defiance and dawdling. A lot of times this might just be that there's not clarity on what the actual first step is. So maybe they know what the end goal is, but if you don't know where to start, If you don't know what the steps are and you don't know what the first step is, you're never going to get started. That is super important. And that is why this is one of the eight executive functions. So we had attending, working memory, strategic planning, organization, initiation. And then the next one is inhibition. When you're actually using a strategy. So let's say that you are, with the example that I gave, you've put on a movie for your kids or a show for your kids that's 20, 30 minutes long so you can go into the kitchen and make dinner and have your kids occupied. You have to be able to sit and focus and do all of the steps in the task that you're doing. You can't get distracted and go do something else. Otherwise, you're not going to get 
the thing done. Let's say that you're in the middle of making dinner and the phone rings or your phone beeps at you because you've got a social media notification. You've got to inhibit the temptation to go and focus on something else. That's an incoming stimulus. You're paying attention to whatever it is that's coming in, your phone ringing, whatever distraction. You've got to be able to minimize that and ignore that so that you can get something done and focus on what you're doing. People who aren't able to inhibit and inhibit their own behaviors so that they don't get distracted and go chase bright, shiny objects when they're in the middle of something else, they have a hard time getting things done in a reasonable length of time. So that's why inhibition is also another one of the eight executive functioning skills. Something that comes up a lot with parents and with kids is that a lot of times parents will say, well, I told them to go upstairs and pick up their room, or I told them to go downstairs and make themselves breakfast, and then they come downstairs and find their child not doing whatever it is that they were supposed to be doing. And that can sometimes be an inhibition issue as well if maybe they started, but they got distracted. This can be common if you've got someone who, let's say that they go downstairs and they start to make themselves lunch, but then there's food all over and they didn't put stuff away and there's cabinets open because they were in the middle of something and they got distracted and they weren't able to inhibit another behavior in the interest of staying focused on what they were doing. So inhibition is also something else. And this also comes up with kids who have a hard time sitting still. So maybe they know that they're not supposed to blurt out. They know that they're not supposed to get out of their seat, but for whatever reason, they have a hard time inhibiting those behaviors. And that can be a sensory issue as well, which is a whole separate conversation. So inhibition is super important to being able to get those things done and being able to stay focused. So let's go back through them. Attending, working memory, strategic planning and organization, initiation, inhibition, and then the next one is fluency. Fluency is so important to being able to be adaptable and work through those bumps in the roads that inevitably will happen in your day-to-day life. So when you have fluency, that's the ability to come up with multiple options for being able to complete a task. The easiest, most tangible example for this is that let's say that you're driving your kids to school and you see that the road that you take is blocked off for road construction. Well, you probably know multiple other ways that you can actually get your kids to school. You can just drive around on a side street. You have options in your head and immediately when you see that there's a roadblock, you can in your head generate a bunch of other options for being able to get your kids to school and complete whatever that task is. Now, if someone does not have strong fluency skills, they might be completely derailed by something like that and not able to think of alternative solution. With your kids, the example that I gave earlier Let's say that you send your child up to go and put their pants on and get dressed. And the pants that they wanted to wear are in the wash. You go upstairs and they're still in their pajamas or they're walking around with no pants on or whatever it is, whatever it is that happens. 
So in that particular situation, it could be a fluency issue if they realized what the steps were. Maybe they knew what to do. They need to go upstairs in my room, go in my drawer. They knew some of the steps in the task, but the steps that they were planning on taking aren't going to work because something came up that was unexpected. If there's a fluency issue, then sometimes those little bobbles and those unexpected things can really derail that particular person. And so that might result in them getting distracted or not doing what they're supposed to be doing because they can't think of alternative solution. I'm going to take a quick break to share a resource that's going to change the way you interact with your kids each day so you can be there to support them and keep your sanity at the same time. If you're a parent who wants to set your kids up for success as adults, then I wanted to invite you to sign up for my free parent guide. In this guide, I share the set of skills that kids need in order to stay organized, focused, and motivated during their day-to-day tasks like chores and homework. If you've ever felt like a broken record because you're nagging your kids to pick up their things and get ready to go on time or get their assignments turned in, or if you have a child who has a low tolerance for frustration and you worry they aren't learning the skills they need to be resilient and adaptable, then you'll get a ton of insight when reading this guide. In it, I share the essential set of skills kids need to stay emotionally regulated and attentive and apply critical thinking skills so they can stick with challenging tasks independently without nagging, bribes, or constant hand-holding so you can have the peace of mind that your kids will grow up to have productive, fulfilling lives. Just go to drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash parent guide to sign up. When you sign up for the guide, you'll also be added to my mailing list, so you'll be the first to know when podcast episodes air and when doors to my parent training program are open. Just go to drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash parent guide. All right, so let's go back through. The eight executive functioning skills, we have attending, working memory, strategic planning and organization, initiation, inhibition, fluency, and the next one is shifting. This ties into fluency because you not only have to know how to generate a bunch of different options for getting something done, you also have to recognize when it's necessary to generate an alternative solution for getting something done. So that means that you have to be paying attention to what you're doing and realize, huh, this thing that I'm doing, there's something that that happened. I'm I'm not on track to do what I intended to do. So I need to change my plan. With the example of driving your kids to school, you recognize that the big detour sign is up on the road. You know that that is a sign. Oh, whoops, can't go that way. I've got to go and find another way to get where I'm going. That's one example is that something comes up and you recognize, oh, well, because this thing happened, it means that I can't go with my initial plan. Another thing where, or another time when this might be the case, when you might need to do this is, let's say that you decided on a strategy and you realize in the middle of it that maybe your strategy isn't working. So maybe you misjudged it for whatever reason. Let's say that you were making dinner and you put a show on for your kids and you realize that the recipe that you were going to plan is actually going to take longer than the time that you have. And so it's like, "Mm, well, I've got to figure out an alternative solution. Maybe I go and I 
put on a longer show for my kids so I have a little more time. Or maybe I decide that I'm going to cut the recipe short and do something that is going to help me get dinner on the table more quickly. Whatever it is, you've got to figure out an alternative solution because whatever you were initially planning on doing isn't going to work. And you have to be able to, in the moment, realize that and course correct. So that is what shifting is. So a lot of times if you have kids who don't know how to do that, then that means that they might not get things done because they've misjudged how long something was going to take. Or they continue on their original plan because they haven't taken a step back and realized, oh, hmm, this isn't quite getting me where I wanted to go. And I need to fix this and make some modifications here. So that is shifting. So we have attending, working memory, strategic planning and organization, initiation, inhibition, fluency, shifting. And the last one is self-monitoring and regulation. This one is kind of an overarching skill that impacts all the other skills. And this one, again, in order to know when you need to shift and generate alternative solutions, in order to be able to ensure that you're attending. So maybe you realize that you're getting distracted or maybe you realize that, oh, whoops, I am doing things that I'm not supposed to be doing. So if you have a hard time with inhibition, you're realizing, oh, whoops, I'm getting distracted. Let me let me just redirect myself and get back on track. Whatever it is, you have to be able to monitor yourself as you're doing whatever it is you're doing. And then also, once you get to the end of whatever it is that you're doing, you have to look back and think, hmm, did I reach my goal? Let's say you're cleaning your room and you have a plan and you're going through your plan, you're putting things away and Then you look back at the room. You have to be able to decide if what you actually did is create a clean room. A lot of times people who don't have the ability to self-monitor, they won't even look back and realize that the room isn't actually clean and it doesn't actually look like what the finished product is. Ties into some of the other skills. It ties into strategic planning because in order to strategically plan, you have to know what success looks like. A lot of times when there are issues with the room cleaning scenario, there is a mismatch between what the parent thinks is a clean room and what the kid thinks is a clean room. So that's part of it. But also maybe the the child is and the parent have talked about what a clean room looks like. What does it mean to have a clean room? But if they don't look back and actually monitor their own work, then they're not going to know if they actually match that up with what the end goal should look like. So they've got to be able to self-monitor as well. So that's within the task, but also at the end of the task. A lot of times if you have someone who doesn't pay attention to details, just kind of goes through work and is like, yep, I'm done, it's good, and you look back and you say, hey, this is not this is not what I expected. It could be an issue with self-monitoring. So those are the eight executive functions, and they are extremely important in building those attending skills. Even though attending is just one of those eight executive functioning skills, what happens is that these skills all play off of each other. So for example, if someone has a hard time 
figuring out, let's say they struggle with initiation and knowing what the first step is, or if they have a hard time with strategic planning and organization. If those skills are hard, it makes it harder to attend and focus. Think about what happens to you when you're challenged and you get anxious about something and you know that it's going to be hard. Well, it takes you a lot more energy to attend to that. So if you have a hard time attending and then the skill is hard, then those things are just going to multiply and that's going to make it a lot harder to get whatever it is done. So the interesting thing is that building the other executive functioning skills can actually improve attention because it minimizes the effort. What that's referred to is cognitive load. So the amount of work that your brain has to do in order to get the task done, if it's so much work for you, then obviously that's going to take you a lot more energy. You're going to fatigue and be less able to attend and focus. So that's how they can kind of multiply. I mean, think about it. If you're doing something easy and you're just kind of chilling, hanging out, and you're not having to work that hard, it doesn't take you a lot of effort to be attentive. But if you are doing something that requires a lot of focus, that is a difficult skill for you, you're going to be taxing your attending skills a lot more than if you're just doing something that's a lot easier. So that's why it's so important to not just improve attention by whatever means is possible for you, but also to build the skills that are going to impact attention. To wrap this up, again, it's so important to build these eight executive functioning skills because, again, what happens is that if you are improving attention alone, a lot of times you're not going to see the full benefit of actually translating that into whatever tasks you actually want your child to do, whether it be more independent during day-to-day tasks or whether it be being more independent with their homework assignments, being organized, being motivated, being focused. Again, a lot of times when there is an issue with motivation, it's just because they're so tired of having to work so hard. Think about how hard it is to stay motivated to do something if you feel like you're always failing and if it's so difficult. I know that I don't like to do things that are really difficult for me if I feel like there is no way that I'm ever going to get it done. If I am repeatedly failing over and over again and I have never really experienced success with something, of course I'm not going to be motivated to do it. And of course it takes me more effort to be motivated and get started with something that's hard. So the more you can minimize that and build these skills and take down the level of effort required to do all of these different things, the better compliance you're going to get. And this is why a lot of times when parents come to me, they'll say, oh, I've you know given my child positive reinforcement and tried to motivate them with sticker charts or whatever, and it's not working. Well, a lot of times they're not necessarily building the skills that are actually going to help the child do the task. So of course, positive reinforcement isn't necessarily going to work. And sometimes it'll be inconsistent and they might be able to do it some of the time because maybe they can do it when they're super motivated and rested, but then it's not sustainable. And so that can happen where there's some inconsistencies or a lot of times parents will say, oh, I've given my child checklists to get things done. 
which are fine. It's a good strategy to use. But again, if you don't have all of these eight executive functioning skills, the checklist doesn't necessarily help because it doesn't teach your child to problem solve. Because what if the steps in the checklist don't work? What if something unexpected happens? And if your child just knows how to read the checklist, but not necessarily think on the fly, then it doesn't transfer over to a lot of different situations. So it doesn't fully end up working. Again, both of those things, positive reinforcement and checklists, are definitely strategies that can be used, that can be effective, as long as you use them within the context of building the right skills. As we wrap this episode up, I wanted to just share that this series coming up is all about building attention, focus, and independence. And this is going to be something that we are covering on the next series of episodes. And if you are a parent who wants to help your child be more independent, then these skills, these executive functioning skills are so important to building the skills that your your child needs to be independent. So that's why I'm going to be really laser focusing on these particular skills in the next series of episodes. We will be covering lots of other topics relevant to parenting and helping your kids be independent throughout this whole podcast, but the next series is really going to be focusing on attention, focus, and these executive functioning skills. So coming up, I'm actually going to be doing an episode with my husband because he's actually somebody who grew up kind of on that borderline. You know, he was somebody who didn't fully have an ADHD diagnosis, but he went to the doctor and they did some tests and they said that he was on the border. So I am convinced that if if he would have gone to enough specialists, he probably would have been diagnosed. So he had to figure out how to focus and attend as he was growing up. So he is going to share some of his experiences and how he went from being very easily distracted in his his teenage years and as a young adult to being able to function well as an adult and compensate and put himself in a situation that has helped him to focus. So that's coming up in addition to some other resources and discussions that I'm going to be sharing on this topic. So I'm super excited and I am looking forward to hearing your feedback and questions on what information and questions you have regarding attention, focus, and independence. You are listening to the Are They 18 Yet? podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Karen. If you're enjoying this episode, I'd love if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. All you need to do to leave a review is open the podcast app that you use and navigate to the Are They 18 Yet? podcast page. Then scroll down to the subhead titled Ratings and Reviews and select Write a Review. This is Dr. Karen, and I wanted to thank you so much for listening as we work together to help our kids be independent, self-sufficient, and well-adjusted humans. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.
Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments without just teaching to the test? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com backslash BE to learn how IXL's research-based teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com backslash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into the master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE.